I hope you've had a good summer. Uh, I have. Uh, this summer we had the great opportunity to take the train, our via rail train. Uh, we ended up uh, basically from Quebec to Vancouver uh, with my family, and the train is a great way to slow down and uh, exceptionally slow down. Uh, we have a beautiful country that we live in, and we got to see it in a really unique way. While we were there, uh, while we were on the train, uh, there's lots of time to read, and uh, so I, I reference a book, uh, Richard Foster's Book of Prayer. Uh, if you uh, if you want to follow along with kind of some of the, the notes from today, pick up that book. I, I highly recommend it, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about prayer today because that was something that I dove deep into. It's a book that I read way back, probably in Bible school or something like that, but I uh, went back to um, simply out, out of a prompting to, to grow in the area of prayer, and uh, it's a good book to, to kind of to guide me, to guide us in that. So if you're looking to grow in prayer after this message, that would be one that I would recommend. This morning, uh, talking about prayer, um, we need to think through what is prayer. Uh, prayer is, is simply uh, referred to often by people as talking to God. Good definition, nothing wrong with it. Um, we'll, we'll maybe question that a little bit today, we'll affirm that, uh, but it, it is more than just talking to God. Uh, there, there's a, a quote that I came across a long time ago, if I'm the wisest person in a conversation, it makes sense for me to do most of the talking. If I'm talking to my equals, we should do half the talking. If I'm talking with someone wise, I should do very little talking. And so if I'm talking to God, I should do almost no talking. That would affirm uh, King Solomon's perspective as we talk to God, which comes in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 1 and 2. Solomon says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Kind of puts things pretty straight there on his perspective of prayer, of talking with God, conversing. Challenge is if we don't use words, how do we pray? If we look through the Bible, uh, we see other perspectives. Um, another authority on prayer being Jesus. Uh, his disciples came to him and asked him, you know, teach us to pray. Luke chapter 11. Jesus' response is, when you pray, say, like, speak. So Jesus is already here contradicting Solomon. And then he gives them the Lord's Prayer. Say these words, our Father who art in heaven. And then he goes on, and doesn't just stop there. He goes on and, and talks about being persistent and boldly or, or having shameless audacity, going to your neighbor's place and bugging them after they've gone to bed to, to get something because you have a visitor. 
He goes on to say, ask and seek and knock. So from Jesus' perspective, there are some words that should be said to God. We can approach him. We can talk to him. And I think this, this kind of gets at some of the tension that, that we see in the, the life of the church where some people read the Bible and there seems to be this holy fear. Let your words be few. God is a consuming fire. And then we have some people in the life of the church who freely and boldly approach God and they just talk so quickly and easily to God. And like, There's this, this tension in, in the Bible about this. I'm going to add in Matthew chapter 6 which is the other version of, of Jesus' teaching on, uh, on prayer from uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It says this, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus here, in in one sense, teaches us not to pray. Don't pray like the pagans. Don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't keep on babbling. Don't be noticed by others. Instead, quiet, simple prayers is what Jesus recommends here in this passage. So before I offer uh, too many confusing, differing perspectives on this, I think it's important for us to take a look at the Bible and, and the whole Bible and go, okay, so what is the common ground on this? How, what, is, what is it? And I think that the common ground on this is that God desires relationship. Right from the beginning, God desires relationship with Adam and Eve. Whether that's coming in and being quiet, whether that's coming in and, and to God and talking, the point is that God desires relationship with us. And so when it comes to what is prayer, I would suggest that prayer is the key way to relate to God whether that's in silence, whether that's in listening, whether that's in, in speaking boldly. A conversation, it's like a conversation in, uh, in a friendship. And yet, relating to God is not like relating to another person. God is God. And to make our relationship with God too much like an earthly relationship sometimes loses that divineness of who God is. And so the question becomes then, how do we learn to be appropriate in addressing God? As almighty, holy creator of the universe and the lover and pursuer of relationship with us. 
today it's my, it's my hope uh, to give you some simple teaching on prayer and with that uh, on who God is. The emphasis is on simple. So if you're thinking this is going to be the big theological sermon, uh, this is going to be the simple one. So uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're high and holy and expecting some real strong academic stuff, be ready to be reminded of the basics. I think we can go back to the basics more often. Uh, the reality is, is that I have possibly never, I don't think I have, ever come across a person who has confidence that they have prayer nailed. They've got it. They're, they're right in their prayers. They know how to do this. And remember, I hang out with pastors a lot. Like, and many of them, and many that I have talked with, will say that they struggle with prayer. Just this, there's always this like, I, uh, I, yeah, I can, I guess, like how? And so if you're, if you're a person that's going, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not good at prayer, uh, you fit. Welcome here. That's good. Unfortunately, what I have found is that the lack of confidence in prayer causes adults to give up. I'm not good in prayer. I just shouldn't. I just don't. And identify specifically adults because kids are comfortable with not being experts. So kids would be the only people that I really hear that think that they actually have an awesome prayer life. They've got it. Because they don't know any better. They're still learning. They don't feel pressure from their peers to be an expert. They simply just don't know any better. Uh, So today, uh, we are going to learn from the self-proclaimed experts. We're going to put ourselves in the position of children. If you're wondering where this fits theologically, it starts with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father. We are all children. So let's put ourselves in that mindset and put ourselves in the place of admitting that we are a child. Think about it this way. Kids come to their parents with all sorts of requests, in all sorts of moods. Sometimes they're crying, and they want a hug. Sometimes they want to tattle on their siblings and get them into trouble. Sometimes they want you to watch them jump. Sometimes they want feedback on a picture that they drew. Sometimes they want a snack. Now think about this as an example of prayer. Do we cry to God? Do we tattle on our other brothers and sisters? Do we look to God for recognition? Do we ask God to provide us for our daily bread? The point, the point is not the crying, the tattling, the jumping, the picture, the snack. The point is, in all of these examples, is that for a parent, the most important thing is that a, a loving parent desires relationship. 
They want their kid to come to them. These are signs of relationship, all of them. The point isn't the crying, the tattling. The point is that they come to their parents with it. A quote I I came across is, God receives us just as we are and accepts our prayers just as they are. In the same way that a child cannot draw a bad picture, so a child cannot offer a bad prayer. So if you are a person that struggles with prayer and you're taking notes this morning, please write down the number one point at the top of your paper, I am an amazing prayer. From God's perspective, you are an amazing prayer. The problem is, with using a child example, is that our earthly parents' mistakes get mixed into our view of God. God wants to heal those wounds and have us know him for who he truly is. Our inadequacies for those of us who are parents also impact how we see God. So I have this struggle as a dad when my kids come to me complaining. The struggle is I lack patience. And so I end up thinking that God probably gets tired of me coming to him with complaints. And so then I think, well, I would like it if my kids didn't complain to me so much, so I probably shouldn't complain to God so much. And as a result, I don't talk to God as much because my perspective of me as a parent has shaped my image of God in a wrong way. Because the reality is, is that God is infinitely patient. And God would love it, I believe, to hear our whining. I I think God actually desires to hear, to have us come to him whining and complaining because it more often puts us in his presence. If we look at prayers in the Bible, we see all sorts of complaints, curses, vengefulness. And the point is that these people are turning to God. There's many psalms that are ugly. Should not be saying those things to God. You're not fair. God, you promised and you didn't deliver. God, it's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. Help! Those are all examples of prayers when we come to God. So that's prayer in my mind. Coming into the presence of God. Sometimes that's silence. Sometimes that's complaining. Sometimes that's making a request. And sometimes that's giving God feedback on how well he's doing from our perspective of being God. Sometimes, God, you're awesome. Sometimes, God, you're terrible. Both of those are prayers. Uh, Our view of God ends up shaping our prayer life. So some people are concerned with being smited. Good King James Old Testament kind of thing. Smited by God because he's he's angry and he's vengeful. If this is your perspective of, of God... I suggest that you read more of Paul's writings. God is a God of grace. 
God is angry and vengeful towards sin. And as a child of God, your sin has been forgiven. You are washed clean. You are perfect and holy. All because of the work of Jesus on the cross. The wrath of God is focused towards sin. Come to God accepting his grace. On the other side, there's some people that come in so flippantly that they don't recognize that he is the holy creator and all-powerful one in the universe. And yes, we should come to God with respect, with honor, and with praise. I, I believe that it is okay for us, as we hear these things, to make mistakes in prayer. Again, if we put ourselves in the place of a child when they are learning to walk or when they're learning to play piano, it's okay for us to fail in prayer. It's okay for a child to trip when they learn to walk. It's okay for a child to not know how to play hot cross buns and miss three or four notes as they're figuring it out. A loving parent doesn't condemn their child for not walking on the first try. A loving parent applauds a child when their first attempt only makes or only misses four notes. We need to see ourselves as children, not professional prayers that have it perfect. We need to learn from kids that it's okay to try again and to continue to come to God. So if you end up seeing yourself uh, struggle uh, with seeing yourself as, as whining and, and wondering if you're trying God's patience in prayer, I can tell you that God will be patient with you. Some of you have been waiting for the but. Yeah, this all sounds too good. Where's where's the but? Here's the but. As you come to God, he will change you. As you approach God in prayer, he will not let you stay as a child. You must grow. And he will teach you. The main purpose of prayer is is to bring us into such a communion with the Father that by the power of the Spirit, we are increasingly conformed into the image of the Son. Prayer is at the heart of spiritual transformation. You will change when you approach a holy God. He will change you. And since our whole purpose as a church is transformation in Jesus, prayer is and should be at the heart of what this church is all about. We are people who are allowing God to change us through prayer. Transformation means that we're still learning, we're still growing, that we don't know it all, that we don't have it all together. We don't need to have pure and perfect motives to pray. We don't need to have mastered all the mechanics. In other words, it's okay to pray like a child. God will purify and God will perfect our motives as we continue to come to him in prayer. When a child is raised in a loving and nurturing home, the child grows and matures slowly and becomes more and more like the parent. We struggle to admit this sometimes, and I have an embarrassing example that will go up on the screen here behind me. 
because of our imperfections as a parent, we, we end up kind of wondering about our parents, and we kind of end up struggling to admit that we are actually like our parents. So this is a picture looking out uh, over the Fraser Valley. I think you can guess who all the people are in this picture from how I've introduced this. I'm in the middle. My father is on the right. My son is on the left. And we are just looking out. And Luann ended up taking a picture of me and my dad, like, not posed. That was just the exact same thing. And then we put Owen in there as well. And uh, you can see pretty quickly that uh, as you, well, as you well know, uh, genetics is uh, a powerful thing. I am a lot like my dad. I, uh, when we accept God's grace through Christ's work on the cross and the presence of the Spirit in our lives, we start to become more God-ish. We talk more like Jesus. We have an easier time hearing the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I still hear the promptings of my mom every time I leave a light switch on. Turn off the light. In the same way, I still hear a small voice from God saying, I'm real. Every time I'm in the mountains and see a lake and a sunset. Takes me right back to that moment in grade 7 when God revealed himself to me for the first time. And as I've spent more time with God, I still have a long ways to go, but I have become more God-ish through prayer, through spending time with him in his word, in the church. You become more like God. God will transform us as we practice his presence. Paul says to pray continually in 1 Thessalonians 5. God is with us at all times. We need to be conscious of his presence continually. And if we have a a view that God is like our earthly parent, of course we're not going to want to acknowledge that at all times because we don't want to be with our parents at all times. But the fact is that there will be times where we don't want to acknowledge God's presence. Not because he isn't perfect, but because of our own sin issues. So we try to ignore him. We try to distract ourselves with other things. Even though God is always with us, we aren't always conscious of him. And it feels like he's not there. If we do this long enough, our perspective of God will end up changing. We will start to view him as absent. As if it's him who has run away from us when the truth is that we have ignored his presence and run away from him. So prayer is more than just talking about God. I think there's a value in knowing what to say, though, when it comes to talking to God. And our best example that we have is from Jesus when in the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to suggest this morning that we look at it through the eyes of a child. Let's break it down into one-word, child, simple prayers. One-word prayers for our Father, the Lord's Prayer. First word is Father. We speak like a child, Dad, Dada, Papa. Whatever we choose, we need to acknowledge that we are a child of God. I've talked about this already. 
The second word that I think is a great one-word prayer. The word is yes. Most kids' first word is no. Followed quickly by mine. And Jesus suggests that our first word to God is yes. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not no and mine, but yes and yours. Yes, God, it is your will. It is not my own desires, plans, and wishes. The third prayer, one prayer, is please. We taught our kids sign language so that they could politely ask before being even able to speak. Make your requests to God. Ask him to provide you for your daily bread. Personally, I am a big fan, in case you're wondering, of praying that you will win the lottery. I am also the person that going through Bible school and other schooling, praying that God would help me get an A on a test that I did not study for. I think those are totally appropriate prayers in this context. Because we are coming to God with our requests. And remember, he will change us. He will transform us. He will help discipline us. But I still think the prayers are valid. Please, God. Great prayer. Fourth prayer. One word prayer. Well, this one's kind of two. Well, let's make it one. Sorry. Kids have to recognize when they have done something wrong and say sorry. It's not always easy. God, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. I'm sorry. Fifth one-word prayer. Help. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Save us. Help me. It's a great prayer that kids say to their parents and that we need to be able to use to approach God. I'll add a sixth one. It's an addition. Uh, It's thank you. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever was an early church edition. It's not in the Matthew account here, but that's where we get it from. Thank you. It, it's yours. You're awesome, God. I'll give you another tip. Uh, coming from a child on uh, how to pray, what to say. A little bit longer, so this is a step up. That was prayer 101. This is prayer 102, okay? So we're stepping up here. Memorized prayers. A few more words involved here. Children learn amazing things through memorization, just continually repetition, because it becomes a habit. I think that we need to memorize prayers. The Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Great prayer for us to memorize. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Great prayer for at the table. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for the food. Great prayer. My kids learned uh, the Superman prayer. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Sure. Great. Johnny Appleseed. Oh, the Lord is good to me. Okay? Some of you are knowing these, right? That's good. That's good. If you don't know them, I'm giving you some examples, and you can ask me for a list. Uh, The doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. The Jesus prayer, an ancient prayer. Jesus Christ, Son of God, Have mercy on me, a sinner. Memorize the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son. The morning prayer. 
In the name of the Lord Jesus, I will begin this day. Some of us just need, (laughs) in the name of the Lord Jesus, I will get out of bed. The evening prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'll put an asterisk by this one. I recommend the 18th century version from the New England Primer. I did a little research. Not the 1991 Enter Sandman version by Metallica. Um, It just gets into your head. Yeah. Anyways. I was a child of the 90s. You had to have a little Metallica reference. Sorry. Make up your own prayer and memorize it. Repetition is great because it becomes habitual. It doesn't take away from intimate extemporaneous prayers, which is praying without preparation. Instead, it enhances our prayer life because God will be changing us as we do it. So, quick summary. When you pray, recognize that God is holy and powerful and put yourself in the place of a child. Recognize that God is not an imperfect parent, like your parent or like you as a parent. He is perfect, he is loving, and he always wants you to come to him. God wants you to come to him so that he can transform you. And pray simple prayers. Don't try and impress people. Don't try and make your words all long-winded. This comes straight from Jesus' instructions. Just simply pray like a kid and allow God to transform your prayers and you will mature, you will grow. You are an amazing prayer. God will continue to transform you and make you a better prayer. I'm going to call the worship team up. While I do, here's one more example. Prayer is like a parent playing hide-and-seek with a two-year-old. The parent knows exactly where the two-year-old is. And the two-year-old totally wants to be found by their parent. So as soon as the parent says, ready or not, the two-year-old jumps out and says, here I am. And the parent picks up the child in his arms And the parent says, I found you. And the child says, let's do it again. And it starts all over. Uh, That's prayer. That's God searching for us when he knows exactly where we are. And is just waiting for us to jump out and say, here I am. So he can pick us up in his arms and start the whole thing over again. Prayer is like jumping out of our hiding place and jumping into the arms of God. Prayer is wanting to be found by God. As a church, we're going to be putting more and more focus on the area of prayer. Uh, We have our prayer summits coming up uh, this fall. You can put it on your calendar, September 15th. Um, These are times where it doesn't feel like a beginner's night. It's like people know how to pray. Those are great nights for beginners to come and learn and be transformed more and more in their prayer life by people that are farther along on the journey. September 15th, it will be uh, an awesome night of prayer. We are a church that is all about transformation, and the way we are transformed is through prayer. Let me close in prayer. God, our Father, you are good. Transform us more and more into your image. Help us to approach you boldly and confidently, and yet recognizing that you are the all-powerful creator, and you are holy. God, I pray that we would be people that would allow you to transform us as individuals and as a church more into your image. In the name of Jesus, amen.